So today we're beginning a brand new series called Good News. I don't know about you, but in recent times, it feels like everywhere we look, there is plenty of bad news, right? And at this time, when things seem uncertain, we can be reminded that even in our darkest days, even when the news is, seems bad all around us, and it is, that what remains steadfast is the good news that we have in Jesus Christ. And so in this series, we're gonna be focusing on some of the aspects of the good news that we have in Jesus. So let's just start with a prayer. Dear Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you did at the cross. We thank you that you have set us free from sin and death. We thank you that there are so many aspects of your sacrifice on our behalf, that you give us the ability to live free, that you give us hope at times when it feels like all hope is gone. When things seem uncertain, we know that we can be certain in the good news of who you are. And so right now, Jesus, I just ask that you would open our hearts, that you would open our minds, that your word, your truth would bury itself deep in our hearts. We pray that this is not a word that would fall on rock only to be blown away by the wind or choked out by the concerns of this world. We ask that this would be a word that would plant deep in the soil of our hearts where it would grow and strengthen our faith and our hope and our understanding of who you are and what you did for us on the cross. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you have your Bibles today, I'd love to invite you to join me in reading Romans 8, 35 through 39. I'm going to be reading in the NIV. Now, we are going to be looking at a lot of things in Romans 8 today, but this is the key passage that I want to start with today. So again, if you have your Bibles, read along with me. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if you are taking notes today, the title of my message, you may have guessed, is More Than a Conqueror more than a conqueror. Say more than a conqueror out loud. More than a conqueror. Now, the phrase more than a conqueror, it's interesting. That's a phrase in the English, but in the original Greek, it was just one word. And that one word was hooper nikeo. If you are Greek, I apologize if I butchered that, but hooper nikeo. And this is really important to know. Because the original definition, the translation of that word that in English means more than a conqueror means surpassing victory, completely and 
overwhelmingly victorious. That is what that phrase, more than a conqueror, actually means in the original Greek. Completely and overwhelmingly victorious. In fact, in some translations, they refer to this as a super conqueror. Now type super conqueror into the chat right now. Are you ready to learn how to be a super conqueror? I don't know about you, but I love that idea and I would love to jump in. And so that's what we're gonna do today is that we are going to discover as we look at this scripture, what does it mean to be a super conqueror? Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear the word conqueror, I kind of think about, you know, that larger than life person who's on this adventure of a lifetime, you know, the stuff of Hollywood movies, right? This is the one who gets the girl and rescues the town and saves the day. It's a big blockbuster, right? That's what I think of when I think of conquerors. Or in biblical text, I think about conquerors like people like David, who slayed Goliath before he went on to be a brilliant military leader and then later king. And so I think about this word conqueror, and if I'm not careful, I can begin to think that that word conqueror means somebody else, means some larger-than-life person, somebody with super incredible anointing or gifting or abilities. I mean, what does conqueror really mean to be more than a conqueror, to be completely and overwhelmingly victorious in our everyday, ordinary lives, even in these extraordinary times? Would you love to know what that looks like? What does it look like to be more than a conqueror in these days and the days that follow? Well, we're very fortunate because Romans 8 is one of the great chapters in the Bible when it comes to understanding what Jesus did on the cross and the power and the authority and the victory that that gives us in our everyday life. So in this message today, we're going to go through Romans 8, and we are going to look at many ways that what Jesus did on the cross helps us to be super conquerors. Now, I'm gonna throw a lot at you, and it might seem a little bit overwhelming because we're gonna go through a lot of stuff. There's a lot of really great stuff to dig into here. But I feel like over the last few weeks and months, we've been so overwhelmed by bad news that I think it is high time that we are overwhelmed by the good news of Jesus, amen? that it is a time where we can step into feeling completely immersed in the truth of who Christ is and what he empowers us to do. It is my hope and my prayer and my belief that by the end of our time together that you are going to be inspired by God's word, that you are going to be activated to walk through each and every area of your life completely and overwhelmingly victorious. Amen? So let's jump in. We're going to take it. We're going to pull a lot of scriptures from Romans 8. We're going to go into a couple of different versions. But if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to read along with me because we've got some really exciting stuff to go over. So the first thing 
that uh, we, the first way that we are able to be completely and overwhelmingly victorious because of what Christ did on the cross is that we can live in peace because there is no condemnation. In Romans 8, 1 and 2 in the NIV, it says this, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. See, I think that one of the ways that we are held back from feeling the truth that we are more than conquerors, that we are these super conquerors, one of the things that holds us back is this shame that we have about our past. See, Jesus died on the cross and rose again to forgive us of our sins, but sometimes we still pick up the shame of our past. We pick up the lies of our past. We pick up the words of our past, the beliefs that no longer fit because Christ has made us a new person. And that's just shame. My husband likes to say, shame is just the devil trying to talk to you because shame is not of Jesus. See, we can be completely and overwhelmingly victorious when we embrace the truth that in Christ there is no condemnation. Now, that doesn't mean that we stay as we are. It doesn't mean that we keep sinning. It means that we come to Jesus. He forgives our sins. He cleanses us as white as snow so that we can step in to this new creature that Christ has made us with the power and the victory of a conqueror. And so number one is that we can live in peace, no longer tormented by our past. Now, the next way that Jesus empowers us to be more than a conqueror is that we can live in obedience because the Spirit empowers us to resist sin. We're going to pick up the scripture in Romans 8, 5, and 6, which says this, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind is governed by the flesh. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. This is really exciting. See, before Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we had the law. Now, the law did not empower us to resist sin. It didn't empower us to resist temptation. It just simply defined what sin is. But when Jesus died on the cross and he was resurrected to heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit who dwells within us and the Holy Spirit empowers us to resist sin. So instead of feeling defeat, instead of feeling like our sin has gotten the best of us, instead of feeling like we are overwhelmed by it, we can step in with victory, completely and overwhelmingly victorious over sin, over temptation, because of the power that Jesus gives us when he sent his Holy Spirit. So number two is that we can live in obedience. Number three is we can live in faith because the one who lives within us is greater than anything outside of us. Romans 8, 10 and 11 says this, but if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. 
And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now, this is really exciting because when Jesus died on the cross and rose again, he now dwells within us. There is nothing in the world that we will face that is too powerful for who Jesus is. And so what this means is that the one who dwells within us is more powerful than anything that we would face outside of us. And so when we face mountains that seem too big or the waves feel like they're crashing over us, we can step out in faith because we know that we do not have to defeat what comes against us by our own strength or by our own wisdom or by our own power. No, it is the strength, it is the wisdom, it is the power of the one who lives inside of us, who gives us the ability to be completely and overwhelmingly victorious in every area of our life. Somebody type in completely and overwhelmingly victorious in the chat. That is good news, is it not? The next way that the cross helps us to walk in victory, to be more than a conqueror, is that we can live in freedom because we are no longer slaves to fear. Romans 8, 15 in the NIV says this, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Listen, fear is a very human emotion we are going to experience fear. It is the body's natural response to perceived danger. So we will have fear, but here's the difference. The difference is that the enemy would try to tell us that our fear is defeat, that we have to retreat instead of advance. See, the enemy is going to try to use our fear to paralyze us instead of stepping into the power that we are called to, instead of taking the land that we are called to take. But because Jesus died on the cross and rose again, we do not have to be slaves to fear because we know that in anything that we face, we can simply call out, cry out to our Abba Father who will help us. So the good news is that we can live in freedom. We don't have to be slaves to fear. We don't have to listen to the enemy who tries to tell us that we're done, it's over, time's up, retreat, go back. No, we can advance because of the power, because we are super conquerors, because of what Christ does through us and what he did for us on the cross. Next is that we can live in identity because we are co-heirs with Christ. I'm gonna to switch to the message version as I read Romans 8, 16 and 17, which says this, the resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are, father and children. 
and we know what that we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. See, one of the things that keeps us from living our every ordinary, ordinary, everyday ordinary life as more than conquerors is an orphan spirit. It is the lie. It is the belief that we have to work to earn love and acceptance. We have to work to earn love and acceptance from other people, from our families, from our parents, from our significant other, even from God himself. But when Christ died on the cross and rose again, we were made co-heirs with Christ. That means that we are automatically loved and accepted by God. And when we know that, when we see ourselves as we truly are, as sons and daughters of God, then we can step into any situation feeling like more than conquerors, that anything that comes against us, we can be completely and overwhelmingly victorious, knowing that we are sons and daughters and that we are loved and accepted as we are with nothing to prove. We can step into our life with open hands of receiving and generosity instead of the closed fist of feeling like we are not enough or don't have enough. That is the good news of Jesus, is that we live from this place of identity. The next way that Jesus empowers us to live as more than conquerors is that we can live in hope because we know that God is good. Uh, I'm gonna read from the message again, and this is Romans 8, 24 and 25, and it says this, all around us, we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, we don't see what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy. I love this version of Romans because I love that picture of a mother-to-be waiting with excitement, with expectation, with joy and with love for her baby to be born. Wouldn't it be great if that was the way that we waited on God? I got to be honest, I, I don't always wait like that. Sometimes instead of becoming more joyful or more expectant, I just get more cranky and more disappointed. Does that ever happen to you? But I know that when my prayers are unanswered or I face disappointment, even though my first response is not joyful expectancy, I know that I can still have hope. I can still live in hope. See, we experience a complete and overwhelming victory when our hope is not on the blessing that we are praying for, but the God that we are praying to. 
When we release this idea of measuring God's faithfulness and God's goodness by a checklist of our own making and instead just know that God is good, to know that he has good things for his children, that we can live in hope that God always has something greater, that God's timing is always perfect. When we have hope in who God is instead of what he does, then we are victorious. We are super conquerors in all that we do. Next is that we can live in confidence because we know the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. In the New Living Translation, Romans 8.26 says this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Maybe you're experiencing it right now, but there are times when it's hard to know the words to pray. The problems, they seem too big. The questions, too unanswerable. Sometimes the heartbreak just feels like too much to bear. But it isn't in those moments where it feels like our words fail and sometimes even our faith fails, we know we can be confident because the Holy Spirit is interceding on our behalf. See, we can live in the confidence of surpassing victory, even though we don't know what to say, what to do, or even what to feel, because Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit who intercedes for us. Next, we can live in victory because he is bringing all things together for our good. Romans 8.28 in the New Living Translation says this, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Here's what we know. Because Jesus died on the cross, because he rose again, to save us from sin and death. What we know is that defeat will never have the final word in our life. What the enemy has meant for evil, God is declaring as a testimony in our lives. So even in those moments when it feels like we've lost it all, or we've blown it all, or we've messed it all up, we can rest assured living in victory that we cannot derail God's good and perfect plan for our life and our purpose. That means that we can look defeat, disappointments, and setbacks right in the eye and say, you will not have the last word. I will see a complete an overwhelming victory in this area of my life. Now, I know, I know that there are times of our life when that is really hard to do. I know there are times that we face loss or we face disappointment, and it seems overwhelming. We don't know why we're going through this. It doesn't seem like there is ever going to be a way out, but that is the great mystery of God. 
that even when all seems lost, even when there seems to be no answers to our questions, even when it seems like every, all of our problems are bigger than we can manage, that we can live in victory, knowing that God is bringing all things together for our good. And finally, we can live in love because we have the assurance that we will never be separated from his love. And this is where we're gonna come back to the original scripture that we read, only now I'm gonna read it from the NLT, which is Romans 8, 37 through 39, which says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Say that with me overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Friend, I just want to say that you are more than a conqueror. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know how you've been affected by the events going on around the world. I don't know what you're concerned about or what's weighing on you today. But I am here to tell you, as Romans said, that you are more than a conqueror. You were designed by the work of Jesus on the cross to be overwhelmingly and completely victorious. Not by your strength, not by your wisdom, not by your power, but by the power of Jesus Christ alive and at work right now in your life. You were designed for victory. You were designed to be a super conqueror. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for the power that you have given us at the cross. We thank you that because of you, that we can walk victorious in every area of our life. We praise you that we can walk in freedom, that we can walk in hope, that we can walk in faith, that we can walk in assurance, that we can walk in the boldness of knowing that nothing, nothing, nothing that we face is too great for you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you that there is nothing that we could ever do to separate ourselves from your great love, not because of anything we do, but because of your sacrifice on the cross. Open our hearts. Teach us to walk in life as conquerors, as more than conquerors, knowing that you are with us wherever we go, whatever we face, whatever we do. In Jesus' name. Amen.